Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Middle School GSA. I am your host, Demi Gloom, joined as always by my good co-host, Thelonious Ferris. Hello, I'm Thelonious Ferris. My pronouns are they, them, and her pronouns are she, her. Wow. I, I can't believe you remembered. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're back. How are you doing? Um, I woke up an hour and a half ago. And we were why supposed is that? to have a more serious... Why is that? It's because about once a week, I just need to take some time to sleep for 14 hours straight. Just do like a hard reset on my nervous system, you know? Do you just not get a lot of good sleep throughout the week or what? Um, that and I'm just chronically fatigued. Yeah. It's bad. Chronic fatigue is not fun to deal with. Yeah. But but I should be I should be better in a few hours, a little bit better. Okay. Good. Good to hear. Um we got comments from the last episode. We talked about a very controversial topic, guns. It was uh I think I had I don't think I had any bad takes, but I definitely I listened to the whole thing again and I kinda worded some things pretty poorly. My performance wasn't super great, but then again, I don't ever think my performance is super great, even though everybody else does. So whatever. But we have comments. Uh, first of all, Woo-hoo! from Zane says, "Yay, yeah, yeah, yeah." New m m m m m m m m m m g g g g g period space a, all caps. I appreciate the enthusiasm as always. Pepito says, "I disagree with the chickens at the beginning. For real, honestly, when those chickens went uh, buck buck bok bok, that was." That was really offensive. <laughs> it wasn't good. They always have bad takes. Uh, David Fern says, Felonius Ferris's idea of me is mostly correct, except I also make a lot of comedic side character quips in conversation. I don't think that Excellent. really contradicts what Felonius Ferris said about you, but fair enough. Spiced Chai, which is Squeebo, says, Full disclosure, I was not comparing Dofi and Rosa Parks. I commented that because in the social anxiety episode, Ferris says, do, do, do Flamingo and Demi, here's Rosa Parks. Um, we do not care. <laughs> I do not care. I don't care about this fucking comment you left two weeks ago. It's over. Oh. It's not funny anymore. It's never funny to begin with. Oh, it's, it's so funny because Demi Gloom doesn't get it and everybody else does. <laughs> no, I really can't say shit because that's pretty much my entire sense of humor is saying like really fucked up things that are like inside jokes and then when people just stare at me confusedly i burst out laughing so i guess this is payback i'm starting to learn how it feels uh crystal wesson says tbh i think if you interview a controversial person like a far-right politician if they just lie or mistake facts it doesn't need to be called a debate if you correct what they say i think it is really harmful to just leave it at that like ferris said if they argue based on those facts that is fine as long as you point out mentioned wrong wrong facts. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, when it comes to like people who just blatantly lie, like politicians like Donald Trump or any fucking Republican nowadays, uh, yeah, just totally fact check them. I think that's, uh, that's a great thing to do. But yeah, that's all the comments. Uh, do you have anything, anything you want to say about last episode? Any final thoughts regarding guns before we move on to our next thing um not really no okay well uh what are we talking about today i think that today we're gonna do queer backstories which Yay. was supposed to be our first episode 
was supposed to be our first episode, but uh, we recorded it twice in both times. Um, twice? No, something... no, 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 no. Four times. Or three four times. times? This is our fourth time. We did oh three. Oh, my God. Remember when we recorded from home that one time? That's that's right. That's right. Um, but every time there was some weird audio thing where my audio disappeared or something along those lines. Yeah, because uh, my Chromebook and, is better than yours. Uh-huh. And uh, then then we we couldn't bear to do it a, a fourth time in a row, so we just moved on. But now we're circling back, and we're going to do it. Yeah, and I'm going to pretend to be surprised every time I hear the little details of Felonius Harris's backstory, and vice versa. <laughs> Um, yes. Yeah, we recorded this. We what? What was our setup? We had two Chromebooks, two microphones. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I give you my microphone yet at the time? Uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah, I think I gave Felonius Ferris my Snowball microphone, and we both had Chromebooks. I think I had my, yeah, I think I had my Yeti Nano, which is what I'm using right now. I think we had the same mics we do now, but we were recording. Uh, on Chromebooks with USB microphones in person in the same room in a cafeteria with a loud air conditioning. I don't know whose fucking idea that was. Um, <laughs> that was your was, idea. I know. <laughs> it was. It was at <laughs> school too. It was your last day on that campus. It would have been mm-hmm. very poetic to do the queer backstories right then and there. But the audio mm-hmm. we recorded on Soundtrap of all things. Worst. Fucking night. Never tr- mm-hmm. don't try to do a podcast on Chromebooks. It's just not a good idea. It's really bad. It doesn't work. Yeah. And then we recorded a third time from home, like probably like two months later. Like w- when we initially started this podcast, it was a long time before it actually ever amounted to anything, before we actually put anything out. When we recorded it a third time, which I think was not. No, it was like four like three or four months before the real first episode ever came out. But it was just so bad and boring because we had already talked about it and we weren't like, we weren't saying anything new to each other. We were just like having the same scripted conversation and it just wasn't entertaining at all. So I'm just praying to Christ that it's going to be better today. Mm-hmm. Who should go first? Do you want to, do you want to go or should I go? I elect you. What? I I nominate you. Okay. Um. So, I guess what are what am I even like actually giving the backstory of? Like, where do I start? My first gay thoughts, or my first understanding of gender. Um. Maybe the first the first hints that of queerness in your childhood. I personally, you know, I don't like to say. I was born trans, you know, like I had a female Mm -hmm. brain the whole time and there was no social influences because that gets people really mad. But I think there's, I think that's pretty much true. I mean, I don't, I don't know why I'm trans. It's complicated, many layers to that. But to make a very long story short, when I was a very little kid, I, I just hated gender. Uh, I hated gender segregation. I hated that. Uh, boys and girls had to watch different shows, and they had two different uh, toys at the Happy Meal play- <laughs> at McDonald's. They had two different Happy Meal toys at McDonald's, one for boys and one for girls, and I had to have the boy one. 
Uh, I didn't really have any like animosity toward boy things. Like I was, I was really into like Batman and like Marvel and fucking Ben 10, especially that was my favorite thing ever. I loved a lot of traditionally boy things, but I also really liked a lot of girl things too. I absolutely adored My Little Pony when I first saw it, and a lot of girl shows, and I, you know, kind of wasn't allowed to like that stuff. Like, I just had to have this, like, I had to put on this, like, performative disgust towards all things for girls when I was, like, four to six years old. It was like, ew, that's for girls. Why would I watch that? (laughs) Oh, I don't love this show. This isn't my favorite thing ever. Um, when I was in 4K, the girls would play with, like, Powerpuff Girls and My Little Pony dolls, and the boys would play with Power Rangers, and some of the happiest memories of my life probably were when I was in 4K, just hanging out with girls and doing stuff like that. I felt very, very comfortable, and it didn't feel like it was a big deal. Maybe some people made fun of me, I didn't really give a shit, but by the time I reached elementary school, like, the gender segregation became very, very very explicit and I sort of just succumbed to being a boy just doing boy stuff whatever just you know like I said the performative uh disgust towards femininity and I really just kind of repressed any amount of feelings like that I had for a long time I definitely had a lot of thoughts like I wish I could be a girl and stuff like that but I didn't really think a whole lot of it to be quite honest I thought I kind of just assumed everybody had those thoughts and was repressing them Obviously, anyone who knows me knows that I have a father who is very, when I say, when you say a conservative and like religious parent, you think of a more like uptight kind of person. But my dad is like trash. He's like white trash. Very, uh, very much a wife beater, Mountain Dew drinking kind of person. (laughs) I don't know how else to describe him. (laughs) But you know, you know, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, mm-hmm. Like worked in a factory. He wasn't like a total red. Kid Rock listening. Doesn't like Kid Rock. Surprisingly, not a big Kid Rock. I, that fan. would be so in character for him. My dad actually really likes um, Pantera. That's that's like yeah. the, That's the best way to describe him. He's a Pantera listening, head shaving, racist, transphobic, bigoted, misogynist, wife beating piece of shit. Uh, emotionally abusive father, alcoholic. I mean, I don't know. He's When you say alcoholic, there's a lot of things you picture that don't apply to him. Like, he pretty much exclusively drinks beer. But I think he's convinced himself that he's not an alcoholic because, like, in Wisconsin, it's pretty socially acceptable to just drink beer, like, every day. Like, like mm-hmm. six beers every day. Just, like, you get home from work, mm-hmm. drink seven beers, play some GTA Five, and fall asleep in the recliner. I always fucking hated yep. that guy for doing that. It was always like, oh, you got to get up at four in the morning or unless you're a pussy and then falls asleep at like 4 p.m. in the recliner every single <laughs> evening. I'm <laughs> I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Father, not supportive of anything like that. Um, Surprisingly, there were certain things that he would, certain gender boundaries that I was able to cross, like... uh. I was allowed to, every now and then, we would go to McDonald's, and I would, if I would get a Happy Meal, I would be like, yo, man, I'm going to just keep it 100. Fucking, the girl toy looks pretty lit. I kind of want that one. 
And he was like, oh, okay. <laughs> as long as it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a princess or anything. It was just like cute little animals or whatever. He let me, I had a huge collection of uh, Zuzu pets, which were, that's a fucking blast from the past. Holy shit. I haven't thought about Zuzu pets in a while. Uh, littlest pet shops. Fuck yeah. I had some, I definitely had some girl toys. Uh, so in, my dad actually was the one who groomed me. <laughs> my, my white supremacist <laughs> father is actually the one who groomed me into being trans. No, but seriously, yeah. Like I sh- shattered a couple boundaries like that. Nothing super serious. I don't know how normal that is. I don't know how many boys played with littlest pet shops, but uh, I certainly did and didn't really think anything of it. And for the longest time, I kind of just wanted to be myself and I didn't really think about gender a whole lot. Uh, It's a bit embarrassing to admit, but I don't think I actually knew like the difference between a male and a female. Like I didn't understand how genitalia defined us until I was maybe like seven years old. Is that, is that old to figure that out? I don't know. It took longer for me. It took longer for you. I remember like my father never explained any of that shit to me. Like ever. He like didn't want to talk about it. It made him, it made him super uncomfortable if I ever asked him a question, like just anything regarding like birth or anything like genetic that was related to sex anything related to Mm -hmm. sex he would just like shut down my questions like i would be like in trouble for asking those questions i wasn't allowed to even think about it uh which is great great for a child children shouldn't Mm -hmm. be allowed to ask questions they should be taught to be ashamed (laughs) of their thoughts great parenting um Mm -hmm. but yeah i don't think it was until i was in middle school that I was truly able to identify what I had as gender dysphoria. To be completely honest with you, and I don't like to admit this, I don't like to talk about this, but uh, I was transphobic. Um, I, I'm i not, you know, obviously I'm ashamed. I, I regret my actions. I don't know what the fuck people want me to say. I was a child and I bought into a narrative that was perpetuated by everyone around me, but I was transphobic. Uh, I believe there were only two genders. Um, didn't make sense to me. Just none of it made sense. It was just like, yeah, men can't be women. Duh. But I really grew to despise myself. It was particularly experiencing male puberty that was the dawn of my fucking suffering. There was... I've been like actively suicidal since I was like, I want to say eight years old. I think when I was eight years old, and in retrospect, I can identify this as relating to gender, but at the time, I didn't realize it. Like, I really, I didn't even know what, like, the concept of suicide was, but I I just thought of the concept of when I was playing a video game, and, like, you reach a point where you can't beat a level, like, you don't have enough health or whatever, like, it's impossible, so you just, like, let your character die and restart, I basically, like, reached the conclusion that through all the uh, emotional abuse I was suffering with and just, like, discomfort I had with myself and who I was and my place in just my social standing, uh, I pretty much just identified, I wish I could just, you know, not live. Like, what the fuck is the point? This shit is terrible. I don't enjoy waking up in the morning. When I wake up in the morning, 
I'm just sad. And like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's wrong with me, but there's clearly something about me that separates me from everyone else. There's clearly something about me that uh, has led to me being rejected and hated by everyone around me. And I'm starting to sound like a fucking incel, but there's truth to it. I was, I was really, really lonely, really sad, felt rejected, felt like even when I was accepted by people, I wasn't accepted in a way that I wanted to be. And my home life wasn't super desirable. Uh, this isn't an episode about that, so I'll keep that to a minimum. But I really was being emotionally abused, a little bit physically abused. I'm not going to pretend that anyone beat the living fuck out of me when I was a kid, like, frequently. But I was just horrified of everything, scared of life. Um, But... It all, like, really just climaxed uh, in middle school when I started to go through male puberty. Uh, Once I started to undergo physical changes that were completely irreversible that I just fucking despised. I was already kind of fucking... I already hated my appearance. I didn't know why, but I just thought I was ugly ever since I was a little kid. And when I look back at, like, photos of myself from when I was really little, there were definitely some times where I was like, oh, God, what the fuck was I thinking? Like, I wasn't really dressed properly, or my hair looked fucking stupid. But for the most part, like, on most... During most eras of my childhood, I was pretty normal-looking. Like, nothing physically about me set me apart from anyone else. I was just a little boy. But that made me unhappy. Like, I didn't like that. And for some reason, I felt like I was particularly hideous. By the time I was probably nine years old, I was fully convinced that I was hideous and repulsive and my body was disgusting. But by the time I hit middle school, it was a whole nother level because I started to have broad shoulders, started growing facial hair, body hair. Um, To this day, I have a lot of testosterone in my body. And that started the pretty much the moment puberty started, like... I was shaving my face in seventh grade. I was, God, there's just a lot of things that I could point to. When my voice started getting deeper, I really hated my voice, and I still do to this day. Stop telling me you like my fucking voice. <laughs> um, Yeah, around then, it was basically, I didn't know what the fuck was wrong with me, but I just hated every single physical change that took place. And I'd say by like pretty much towards the end of middle school, I identified it as gender dysphoria. I didn't like being a uh I didn't like being a boy, but even worse, I hated that I was turning into a man. I rejected the manhood that was I rejected the man I was evolving into. Uh it felt I felt like personally violated. I felt that my body was like turning against me and my own desires. And in middle school, throughout the entirety of middle school, I was pretty much just like too depressed to do anything so fucking self-hating that I wasn't able to derive joy out of anything. And if I'm being dramatic, I'll say that my life is still like that to this day. And it kind of is, but not even close to as bad as it was back then. And on top of that, like, you know, uh, girls like rejected me and I got bullied pretty fucking hard. And it was just really, really bad. Um, And I guess I'll take it back to elementary school for a minute just to, because that was kind of my gender story leading up to that point. And now I kind of want to talk about sexuality. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I had like crushes on girls since I was in first grade. Like that was not a a normal thing. I never questioned whether I was gay or not. Like the like the idea of being attracted to men just didn't make any sense to me. It was just like, yeah, boys have crushes on girls and that's completely normal. And that's what I am. And so I didn't really think a whole lot about it. But for one reason or another, a lot of people, I want to say in fourth grade, uh, accused me of being gay. Um, me and my best friend, like people said we were gay, we were dating or whatever, that, you know, he was my boyfriend and that just a lot of really gross things to me at the time. And I really cried a lot because I didn't understand the nature of that. Because I really didn't understand the nature of sexuality in general or the implications behind being gay. All I knew was that it was a really fucking repulsive thing to these people. And they were accusing me of being that and distancing themselves from me. There was a point where like, I was shoved in the corner of... Uh, I was in the boys' bathroom and like two guys like shoved me in the corner. And they're like, are you fucking gay? They're like interrogating me. I don't know what that was about. And to be honest, I don't even know if I knew what the word gay meant at the time, but it it really just fucked, fucked with my head. And by the time I was in middle school, I actually started to question my sexuality. But as a, a tale as old as time is your bullies knowing you're gay long before you ever figure it out. And people in middle school constantly called me a faggot, told me I was gay. Can I say that on YouTube? I don't care. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, they would you call might want to censor it. I'll I'll put a warning at the beginning of the episode, but I don't think I think you can say it in that context. But whatever, um, people were like calling me gay, calling me the slurs, uh, assuming that me and my other my best friend at the time I did not have the same best friend as elementary school, um, constantly being accused of being gay lovers and whatnot, and it hurt a lot more in middle school because I was repressing a lot of gay thoughts at the time. I, a lot of the feelings I had for girls, I was starting to have towards boys, but more so in concept than in reality, in the sense that there was a lot of fictional characters, uh, like anime boys and such, or like hypotheticals in my head about like boys. Like I thought to myself, like, oh, I like girls, but like, but like, my attraction to women has virtually nothing to do with their anatomy. So I essentially pondered in my head what it would be like if there was a boy who was just like a girl, just a lot of hypotheticals. Um, I'm pansexual, demisexual. There's a lot of words I could use to describe it nowadays, but at the time I kind of was just all over the place. Didn't know what the fuck I was and didn't feel safe talking about it with anybody. I remember a funny exchange that I had. Um, this fucking bastard, who I will not name, because there's a very small chance that he'll listen to this someday, but uh, he was a, a friend of mine. Uh, kind of, We were kind of frenemies. We went back and forth a lot. But I was in a situation where he knew the name of a girl that I had a crush on, and I um, didn't want him to tell anybody, and he would constantly make me do shit for him, like give me your Doritos or whatever, just stupid shit. And I was so afraid of that information ever being public or being known by people that I 
succumbed every time when in reality like it wouldn't have been a fucking big deal but he was like i'm gonna tell everybody you like her if you don't do this he made me give him my fucking golden mario amiibo i'm still mad about that i want my fucking golden mario amiibo back if you're listening but what a bastard yeah he made me give him money a lot of shit probably like in total you probably in total like 80 to 100 dollars worth of shit Holy shit! Yeah, but, um... <laughs> fucking bastard, I hate him. I don't know why I was still friends with him. I guess I was just so lonely and desperate for attention. But, like, essentially, uh, a certain time... A certain amount of time passed where I was tired of it. I really, really, really was, like, super anti-snitching back in the day. Because that was just the playground rule, you know? You don't want to be a fucking tattletale. But... I, there was a point where I had enough, and I came to my teacher just crying and told her what was going on. But I didn't tell her what was, like, what it was. All I told her was that uh, this person is going to tell something about me if I don't keep giving him stuff, and I need him to stop. And I was pretty... I don't think I was, like, sobbing, but there were, like, tears rolling down my eyes, and I was kind of whining as I spoke. And essentially, it went through the whole support staff, and I had basically like four fucking therapy sessions about it and they kept on asking me to tell them what it was but i was so so insecure about this about this fucking girl that i liked that i wouldn't tell the teachers or anything so when the teachers hear the entire school staff hears somebody is threatening to like leak information about me and i'm refusing to tell what it is and on top of that i'm already being accused of being gay all the time you can understand what conclusions they're going to jump to. And they never outright said it, but a teacher came up to me. And holy shit, this is getting meta. Um, Not a teacher, a, a support staff member who's fucking awesome, by the way. Um, She basically like told me to come to her office at a certain time. There's a pass on my locker. And I came in, and she was just like, you are not alone. Listen, I'm not going to ask you any questions i'm just gonna tell you about this thing called a gsa oh (laughs) the middle school gsa and um i didn't put two and two together until like a week later i was like oh they thought i was gay because i said this but i weirdly felt like super inclined to go to this gsa even though i hadn't properly identified my own queerness at the time but uh i didn't do it I never did. I never attended the GSA. Uh, I didn't want people to think I was gay any more than they already did. Uh, Which fucking sucks, because I probably would have made a lot of meaningful connections there and explored myself a lot sooner than I actually ended up. And I would have... I probably would have become more trans-accepting earlier on in life if I would have been in a space dedicated to exploring lgbtq plus related topics but that's what this podcast is for and that's what a lot of other things in my life are for nowadays but at the time that happened and i guess that really sent me into an existential crisis wondering if i was gay or if it was if it was just one it was just a one time bro it was just one time i thought a guy was attractive or whatever but you need to tell them you need to tell them who who it was the guy that you found attractive it wasn't it wasn't uh death note it wasn't near oh really i totally i totally thought 
No, 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 no. Um, I totally thought it was Elf from Death Note. No, the first character was Link from The Legend of Zelda, Toon Link from like Wind Waker. Oh, yeah. And then in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade, I don't remember which one, which was like a year after all of this happened, it was it was L from Death Note that I was like, oh, yep, that is a guy, <laughs> and I like him. I am gay. Like that was like just <laughs> that was just it. It was pretty pretty immediate because I thought I thought he was a girl at first, but I don't. Know. And then of course it was fucking 2016, 2017. So the art traps gay debate was happening in every classroom at the school. <laughs> just a lot of like these hypotheticals running through my head about homosexuality and whether or not it's something I exhibit. But to make a very long story short, I realized I was gay. By by the end of middle school, I am a self-identified queer person. And I guess the real like the real biggest gender thing, the biggest gender shock was when I discovered Yuri. Um I'm canceled. It's over. Canceled. <laughs> Jover. This is this has been middle school GSA. No. Uh I as a male saw like anime girls kissing and stuff and pretty much immediately was fascinated with it. Um I I at the time what felt like fetishizing lesbians, lesbianism, the concept of lesbian relationships, it wasn't like I would like see lesbians holding hands and fucking get hard in my pants. It wasn't like that, but it was like, it was just something because I never really related to, I was never able to properly relate to, I guess, sex, like sexual scenarios or romantic situations. I had crushes on girls and stuff, but like never had I ever seen a heterosexual relationship and had any ability to like self insert whether it's romantic, sexual, anything. I never, never once at this point in my life did I relate to that or see that and think that was something I wanted to be a part of. But when I saw, like, lesbian relationships, it immediate, I immediately, like, wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> I wanted to be a lesbian. And it was very, very confusing because it was like, why do I want to be a lesbian if I'm a boy, you know, it's not gay because it's girls, but long story short, um, this was like running through my head for probably like the entirety of eighth grade. And I don't think it was until ninth grade where I started going to alternative high school that I was fully able to identify that this meant that I had, that I was transgender, not just that I was uncomfortable with my gender or that gender identity had something to do with my unhappiness. It was in ninth grade that I realized I was transgender. And a big part of that was I met the first trans person I had ever met who I have funny stories to tell about this person on a future episode. But, um, yeah, basically I had never met a transgender person. There was like one trans girl at my middle school who everyone kind of made fun of. They're like, yeah, there's a guy. There's like a, there's a guy who like thinks he's a girl and wears dresses and stuff. <laughs> I'm on an attack helicopter. <laughs> Whatever. Stupid shit. Middle school. But in high school, 
there was a, a trans guy in my class. And basically, when I met him, I talked to him, and I was like, oh, okay. You're not like, uh, you're not like the angry transgender woman at GameStop. You're not like, uh, you're not like the transgender freakout videos that uh, Leafy is here showed me. You're just a person. You're just a guy that used to be a girl, or you're just a guy that is has like female anatomy. But having already like flirted with the concept of like gender, the, the separation between gender and sex, it wasn't really a big shock to me. It was just more so. I pretty much just when I got familiar with this person, had like two conversations with them. I was pretty much just like, oh yeah, I totally get it now. And it wasn't too long after that that I was like, this is what I want to be. Um, because when I heard the word transgender, it just left a gross taste in my mouth because I had been watching a lot of reactionary content on YouTube, had been listening to my father echo a lot of transphobic sentiment, talking about how transgenders are disgusting perverts and rapists who want to just go into the women's restroom and molest little girls and shit. Like, my, my dad, like, fully believes that. But, yeah. Basically, I had the bad taste in my mouth. Wasn't necessarily my fault, but I will take accountability for having exhibited and echo echoed bigotry at that point in my life. But by the time I hit ninth grade, I had pretty much let go of it. I'm not going to say I never had a bad take about the nuances of gender identity since then. But at that point, I was not like, I wasn't transphobic in the sense that I had an issue with trans people like inherently. It wasn't even like, oh, you're one of the good ones. It wasn't even anything like that either. It was just more so the concept in my brain was no longer foreign and I, I no longer had any hostility towards transness in general. Uh, I certainly, certainly at the time, didn't agree with a lot of like woke gender politics and such because I was a fucking little centrist back then. But by the time I became a liberal, like a year later, I was fully on board with everything. But yeah, I repressed everything for a very long time. And I spent the... I pretty much spent the entirety of ninth grade and the beginning of 10th grade just repressing my own gender dysphoria. Occasionally... Occasionally identifying myself as trans on the internet. Uh, I definitely talked to a lot of trans people online or just like more so lurked in trans spaces. Just watched people talk about that stuff and was pretty much jealous. Like at the time I sort of had a criteria in my brain for what made a trans person. So I wasn't able, I, I wasn't confident enough to identify myself as that. But I was pretty much like, yeah, like... This is what I want to be in concepts. This is how I identify. This is this is where I belong. But in real life, I had never, I didn't have the audacity, as I would have called it back then, to call myself a woman or a trans person. Fast forward a little bit. Um, I got fucking bullied out of the first alternative high school that I went to. Um, long story short, there was some kids. I've said long story short a million times in this long ass story. But there was <laughs> some new kids, and the new kids were really mean, and everybody liked the new kids, and they became mean too, and basically I got beat up a little bit, 
not like I didn't take like a big beating more. So it was more so just threats and me, uh, running away from people chasing me, trying to beat the living fuck out of me. Um, I got a rep, I have developed a reputation for being a snitch for some reason. And I, I have no idea where the fuck it came from because I was not snitching on anybody, but for one reason or another, uh, everyone decided I was a snitch. And then of course the moment they had an excuse to not like me, like a whole bunch of homophobia just started pouring out. I don't think I came out to these people, but I don't know. Somehow people just know. They can just tell. And basically got bullied by a bunch of assholes out of that school and came to a new school where uh, Felonius Ferris was and a bunch of other trans people were. And it was like, how many, like, in like 2019, like what percentage of our school do you think was like queer or trans? Oh, oh Jesus. Um, probably the trans percent, probably above 50%. I want to say like um, 60 or 70. Yeah. Um, in the number of people who were just like queer would have to be probably 90, 95%. Yeah. For sure. It was just all the girls and boys that felt outcasted and experienced um, homophobia or transphobia at their uh, previous schools. They all went to this high school. And then a lot yeah. of them realized that there that they actually weren't girls or boys. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, I had the pretty classic story. Uh, I got bullied out of, bullied by a bunch of homophobes out of my first alternative school. I'm not going to pretend I was bullied just for being gay. There was this snitch thing, this idea that I was not hard enough or whatever. I was a pussy or whatever. I don't fucking know. I don't even fucking remember what it was, to be honest with you. People are just looking for a reason to hate. But uh, I came to this school and I quickly realized that. I was a lot more like these people than I thought initially because when I first showed up it was it was full of trans masks like for the mo it was pretty much I think like out of the trans people it was like well over 90% trans masks there were like little yes. to no trans femmes in sight or at least out trans femmes mm -hmm. um but like there were a bunch of people with they them pronouns which was something I actually didn't believe in once again until i met a person i at first when i was i'd say like a year ago at the time i was probably like still like there are only two genders or whatever like like i I just i just didn't get non-binary people i just didn't it just didn't make any sense to me but i met people people like felonius ferris uh other people who i will not name who were non-binary they went by they them and it took me a little bit to get used to addressing people with they them pronouns but by the time I did I really just started to grow to admire the like the out and proud genderqueer folks um there are a lot of people who just they weren't concerned with passing they weren't concerned with meeting a cisgendered standard of their you know their gender identity they were just being themselves they were wearing what they wanted to wear they were into the things they wanted to be into and pretty much everyone was completely shameless and it wasn't until much later that I reached that level of shamelessness but I felt very safe among these people even if I never 
even if I wasn't ready to come out yet, I, and in my, in my brain, I was never going to come out. Um, but I felt very safe among these people. Um, being an actively suicidal person, I was pretty confident that I was going to die, have, uh, die attending that school. And I was pretty satisfied with the people I was surrounded with, even though the particular friend group I was in, uh, didn't really work out in the long run. I, I was happy. I was happy to be among people like me, even if they didn't know I was like them. Maybe they didn't see me as one of them. I certainly felt like one of them and hung out with them like crazy. Um, at some point during my sophomore year, I, I come out as, I think I said I was like, I don't even know what I said I was, but I came out as like genderqueer. I basically just admitted to my dysphoria, but insisted that I was still called he, insisted that they called me by my dead name still. Like, I really emphasized that I was not really transitioning. I just wanted people to know that, you know, I was I was a part of what they were doing. I was a part of whatever the hell they were. And around that time, I started to seriously, like, properly identify my gender dysphoria. It was at that point that I was very aware of what exactly I hated about myself, why I hated myself and how it connected to my gender identity. Um, hated my fucking hair, hated my fucking face, hated facial hair, hated body hair, hated my hip-shoulder ratio. You know, got familiar with all the fucking 4chan LGBT dysphoria posting. And uh, to be completely honest with you, it, I don't know if it made it worse or better to be able to know exactly what it was. Because for a long time, it kind of felt like there was just this, like, rain cloud above my head at all times that didn't make any sense to me. And now I was able to properly identify what exactly made me upset. And that probably would have been helpful if I was willing to or able to do something about it. But I wasn't. I was just sitting there, just being fucking sad and posting paragraphs upon paragraphs upon paragraphs on my Instagram story about how my life will never be fulfilling, how I'll never be a woman, how that's what I want, but it's never going to happen, how my father would never accept me. And I guess a big reason why I didn't come out was because I was horrified that my parents would figure it out, like they would hear somehow. But holy shit. Yeah, this is a lot to unpack. I'm kind of thinking about things I haven't thought about in a very long time, and it's a little bit stressful. I'm just going to fast forward a little bit, but just know this is a very particularly dark time period in my life. Um, do you, can you tell the audience about when you met me and what I was like at the time? Because this is kind of where we are in the timeline. Yeah. Um, so we had, we were taking a geometry class together. Um, and geometry is pretty much the only kind of math that comes really naturally to me and that I really, I'm really good at. Um, so I'd frequently be asked to explain things and I'd be the one to answer the teacher's questions. And um, the teacher asked me to help someone who was having difficulty with the challenge problem. 
Um, so I went over, and there you were, and you, like, would not make eye contact with me. <laughs> um, this is a part that you were... I don't... This is a part that I don't remember because I swear I recall forcing eye contact. Maybe it was only for a moment that felt like many minutes, but I definitely tried to force some eye contact and that I wanted to be normal, but I, I wasn't capable. Like any human being that wasn't a close friend that would have approached me at the time, I was just like basically would just freeze. And you, I very, and I remember later you complaining about your height and i was like you you weren't that you weren't that tall and that's because you were sitting in your chair so scrunched up and hunched over that you just looked tiny <laughs> but um i, I sat down sit next like to that, you by the way yeah um i i sat down next to you and i explained what was going on and you pretty much only responded to me in like like mm. like you you wouldn't really say anything you might have said a couple of things but not not really i, I most certainly and... made a couple of self-deprecating comments because that's how i fucking like that's how i coped with social anxiety was just like for one reason or another just like insulting myself because that was just all that was running through my head and that was all i was able to verbalize like, I would, like, just not understand what the fuck you were saying. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm a fucking dumbass. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, just, um, I just didn't get it. I could not, for the life of me, figure out that fucking geometry, by the way. Fuck geometry. Algebra is where it's at. <laughs> I love algebra. Geometry is dog oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh, man. But, uh, but, yeah, I kind of walked away from that conversation. Like, like I wanted to to be your friend but i also like very much could tell that you were just absolutely terrified um so i didn't want to push it uh so i just i think you followed me on instagram first and then i followed you back and then i like responded to one of your instagram stories i think it was you saying I think I'm transgender, but I'm never going to be able to come out, and I'm just going to die like this. And I was like, hey, I'm trans. If you ever want to talk about it or want some help like getting girl stuff, let me know. And you were like, no, I can never transition because my dad would disown me. And Which happened. Um, I was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, from that point on, we started talking more and more. I yeah. would post like paragraphs upon paragraphs of just like dysphoria ranting on Instagram. And I would never DM you, but you would always reply to my stories and then I would have like four hour conversations with you. Yeah. At and... the time, I didn't have, again, what I would call the audacity to like reach out to people like you because I had such, I had such a fucking inferiority complex that I just never thought I was worthy of anyone's time or that if I were to reach out to people... I would just annoy the living shit out of them, which I actually did with older friends that I had. A lot of friendships I had didn't work out because I was way too fucking open about my mental health issues and just created a very, very toxic relationship. I guess in my mind, if you started the conversation, it was there was less pressure for me to withhold information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
But yeah. I don't really know what happens next. Um like, there's like I two mean you years. trans you transitioned. Yeah, the worst fucking thing I ever did. No, it's <laughs> I'm very glad that I did it. The good outweighs the bad by a lot, but there was a lot of bad that came with that. Holy fucking Christ. Um What happened? There was like two years of like what Ferris is describing. Just me being like just like refusing to exhibit any kind of gender queerness or admit to myself that I wanted to transition or that it was going to happen. But eventually it happened very slowly. Um, I got a haircut. I got a fucking terrible haircut. But uh, I liked it. I got bangs. I had like chin length hair with bangs and I kind of liked it. And I started wearing like, to this day, I don't wear women's clothing in public, but I wear very, uh, what the fuck do I wear? It's not even necessarily androgynous. I wear like the gayest shit that I can find to the men's section was basically my, yeah, was basically my mentality at the time. Um, I started dressing. You wear like very a... non-binary clothes. To this day, do you think? I mean, the like baggy band t-shirts and baggy pants that's like that's the non-binary uniform yeah i I conceal as much of my body as physically possible without making it look like i'm trying way too hard but to make a long story short i started dressing like a fucking emo which is kind of inherently androgynous (laughs) most emo clothing that isn't like fucking dresses and like bondage gear (laughs) is like pretty androgynous it's a lot of jeans and t-shirts uh can't mm-hmm. really go wrong with that yeah and that's basically how i started dressing and uh i started like you know i had my preferred name out it was my preferred name was fucking demi gloom and i hate it i still hate myself for that having been my preferred name um i love it I think it's it's a queer tradition to have your first um your first chosen name be like your gamer tag. <laughs> yeah. I know that um well my my name which I cannot mention here um like I I first started identifying myself as that name in video games. Definitely. Demi Gloom I've told the Demi Gloom name story. Do you know? Do you even know the Demi Gloom name story? Do you know where that name comes I from? I don't think so. I just always okay. assumed it's because it sounds cool. Because so, it does. It's embarrassing as fuck. But I, when I was in, I think I came up with it in ninth grade, uh, long before I was trans. But, Is it a My Little Pony Sona? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I was, <laughs> That's perfect. Me and my friend Foxtrot, we to this day we still have a Discord server that's just the two of us and has like forty channels. We just talk about things all the time. Um, I still make OCs occasionally in like Ponytown or whatever, but I don't I don't role play anymore. But at the time, I was really invested in role playing, and I had like sixteen characters. Um, one of them was let me let me name a few of them. There was Shadow Slew, uh, Sakura Kiss. Melody, 
and Demi Gloom. Let me look. I want to see right now if I have any others that I can pull up. Yeah, Demi Gloom, Shadow Slew, Melody, Sakura Kiss. But anyways, there's a bunch of fucking ponies. But Demi Gloom was like my, like the one that was based off of me. All my ponies were based off of real people I knew, but just kind of weird. Um, <laughs> having a bunch of role play characters that are based off of people that I know, but I didn't. A little think... bit, but not overly weird. It's because at least with... I don't think so. The thing with role playing was like it sounds like a weird, like weird thing to do, but like in my eyes, it was basically it was just like me and my friend writing a novel together. That mm -hmm. was like what it was. So, and I'm I like to write fiction. I'm not good at it, but I do it for fun. And when I write fiction, pretty much every single character that I write is based off of, to some extent, uh, a person that I know in real life. Uh, I'm that's, not really. That's pretty common. Yeah, I, I don't think most people are great at just randomly coming up with characters that have no basis in their own personal experience. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I wasn't able to write any characters that weren't just like literally me. Which I think mm -hmm. is also pretty common. Yeah. But, yeah. To make a long story short, if I say that one more time, uh, please murder me. I had an OC. It was named Demi Gloom. And I created... When I had this OC, it was just like a private thing. Just a role play that I did with a friend of mine. No weird... Not erotic. Not any of that. I, I know people are going to assume that. No, There was nothing erotic at all it was it was very like just adventure shit mm -hmm. based in the my little pony universe it's cringe it's cringe whatever but i'm not ashamed of it um yeah i this oc i I began to grow attached to this oc it wasn't a girl it was a male well it was intentionally androgynous but it was a male and i made it my profile picture on social media and i just changed my like username on the internet to demi gloom and people just called me Demi as short for Demi Gloom. And I didn't even know that Demi was a, a name. Like, I thought I invented the name Demi. I thought I was the coolest person ever. I literally didn't know who Demi Lovato was or Demi Moore. I didn't know who those people were. I thought I was the Demi <laughs> for some reason. Um, people asked me if it has to do with being demisexual. Um, maybe. I don't know. It was a long time ago. Uh, there's also a, a song. There was a, a hip-hop project I was involved in called Reaper Circle. And uh, we made a song called Demi Tool, which I named. It was just a completely random name because we didn't know what the fuck to call it. And I think that might have... that. I think I might have come up with that before Demi Gloom. So like using Demi as a prefix... Prefix... Pre... Prefix is prefix. the word, right? Yeah. Prefix, yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think of pretext because I read Marx, but um, <laughs> the prefix. Yeah. Demi. I thought I thought Demi was just a prefix, not a name, and I thought it was cool. I think prefixes almost always make cool first names, especially if you're like androgynous. But yeah, Demi. The name Demi. Demi Gloom. And eventually, during quarantine, especially when I was just terminally online, like online all day long, I eventually just like grew more attached to the name Demi than I did my dead name. And this wasn't even necessarily a gendered thing at the time. Although I, I did 
hate my dead name for gendered reasons and I just so happened to you know grow an attachment to this name which also just so happened to be a girl's name but Demi Gloom I think I tweeted this one time I was like when I look in the mirror I don't see dead name I just see Demi Gloom when I think of myself I think of my profile picture and my username and my profiles I don't think of myself which is just like gender dysphoria escapism Mm -hmm. obviously don't need to explain it but essentially i eventually just started i think at the beginning of my junior year right after i got that haircut um i was just like fuck it yeah i'll come out i don't give a shit i'll come out to everyone except my family and i was like yeah my name's demi i go by she all the teachers still called me he or they and used my dead name, but all the students called me my preferred name. And eventually, eventually everybody caught on. Like, I never corrected people. But when I became friends with somebody, I would always tell them, Demi, she, her. I corrected and, people. And you got mad at me for being like, don't call her. Sorry, fuck. Don't cut that out. Um, I was like, don't call her that. Don't call her those pronouns. Um. Hearing you, uh, hearing you say that name, like... I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. At, like, I don't feel, like, disgusted or anything. I'm just, like, it just feels so weird because it's been so long yeah. since anyone's called me that. Yeah. It f- you feel like different people <laughs> to me. I, I don't even, like, like, when I'm... All these memories I'm talking about, they don't even feel like first person. Like, it feels mm-hmm. like a movie that I watched. Mm-hmm. I feel very disassociated from the person I once was. Sorry to interrupt you. If I still <laughs> even remember that name. That's what it feels like. Um Yeah, I came out. It was whatever. Um you started telling teachers. Mhm. What so did you correct them or did you just like go up to them and tell them? I think I went up to them and told them like twice, but otherwise I just corrected them and yeah. you you were like I offered, I was like, I can, I can, if you're too scared to tell people your name, I will just tell them for you if you want me to. And you were like, okay. And then I started doing it and then you got mad at me for it. <laughs> cause like it was, it was very, cause I kind of forgot that I gave you the green light. Uh-huh. For that. And when like our, te- like one of our teachers like just started calling me Demi, I was like, what the fuck did you just say? Like it just felt <laughs> very wrong. I was very used to being just called different names by different people. And you got to remember, I wasn't out to my family at the time, so I was still my dead name at home. So it was, I was very used to this mix. But mm-hmm. this is my senior year. I think I said this was my junior year at one point, but this was my senior year. This was my first senior year. I got held back. I had two senior years, but it feels like it was my junior year. But long story short, yeah, that was my senior year. That was my senior year. I came out, whatever. Um... There was also this really awkward thing that happened. I had a girlfriend for a while, and I don't like to talk about that, at least not right now. Um, and there was a lot of gender gender stuff that happened throughout that relationship. Um, to pick a very, you know what I'm going to say, uh, to, to <laughs> collapse to collapse the narrative, uh, to compress it a little bit. I uh, felt very much like I was being treated like a boyfriend 
more than a girlfriend by my girlfriend and has caused me a lot of emotional distress. And she didn't really care to do anything about it. She would like, you know, feel bad about it. But like at the end of the day, she saw me as what the majority of people see me as. And it was uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to think about. I don't even want to fucking talk about this right now. But mm -hmm. that was an important part that I can't just leave out. The first time, it was actually at uh, a party at her house. Uh, it was full of queer people. It was the very first time I told people to call me she was at this Halloween party where we all, in a circle, said our name and pronouns. And I said my name was Demi, and my pronouns were she, her. And at the time, I went by Demi Gloom. And I didn't tell people my name was Demi Gloom. Really, not really. Like, if someone asked what my name was, I would say Demi. But, like, in my head, like, Demi Gloom was my real name. And a lot of my friends called me that. And they still call me that to this day. I think it's a good nickname. Like, yeah. Gener like, when people generally refer to me, I like it to be Demi. But when people when people are just, like, talking to me sometimes, they're like, yo, Demi Gloom. They're just contexts mm -hmm. in which calling me Demi Gloom makes sense and contexts in which it doesn't. Um, it feels like a first and last name. Demi which is, Gloom. Which I hate because it's, <laughs> it's very much one word. Um, uh-huh. When uh, I, I won't say my preferred last name because I will be legally changing my name and I don't want... I want to become a teacher someday and largest issue in the galaxy and the issue crew exist, so I don't want the world to... <laughs> Stop that from happening. But people assumed that it was Demi Gloom or Demetria Gloom. And that always pissed me off so much because it's it's not Demi Gloom. That's so that's just so stupid in my opinion. Well it sounds it so incredibly like, dumb. It feels more like I guess like your full name. Like Demi is a shortening of your full name. Not necessarily a first and last name, I guess. Yeah, which I like. I like that it's like that. I like that when people think of me, they think of Demi Gloom. But I also don't like if I were to like, like sign a contract, right? Like it would just feel really wrong to write Demi Gloom and then my last. Yeah. Name. <laughs> it's um, I didn't even know that. De like I didn't know that Demi was short for Demetria until like the middle of that school year, but. I made that realization and I'm pretty much immediate was like, fuck yeah, Demetria. I like that. I like, I like writing, I like writing Demetria down when I have to write my name on a piece of paper, but otherwise I don't really like being called Demetria too often. Uh, a lot of people at work call me Demetria and that's what's on my name tag. I don't know. It's hard to, it's hard to explain. It's like, it's no different than being called like, if you're like, if your name is like, uh, jeffrey and you go by jeff like and everybody calls you jeff but like it would it would still kind of feel weird to write jeff down on a piece of paper i don't know maybe maybe it's just me mm -hmm. but it feels really weird to write like demi down this is a very specific scenario but it's like the one <laughs> time where i used demetria like where i prefer to use demetria but yeah and i kind of i kind of like being called demetria sometimes it feels like in a more formal setting like adults in my mm -hmm. life call me demetria but yeah i don't know it's a long it's a long story that i will make short by not elaborating any further but that's pretty much my coming out story for like socially 
and I began socially transitioning, obviously. Uh, I very reluctantly started wearing, like, some women's clothing. Uh, I mean, you can go on my social media. There's pictures of me in skirts and shit. But I never wear that in public, ever. Um, there were a couple times I showed up to school in, like, leggings. Like, leggings and girls' shorts or whatever. But very rarely will you spot me in anything that's not androgynous. Um, what's next? Um, I was unfortunately outed to my family. Uh, I went to the mental hospital because that's just a part of every trans person's life. <laughs> uh, that's a whole nother story, which is related to what I'm talking about. Like, it's definitely a relevant part, but all you really need to know is that I, like, was going to kill myself. And for my immediate safety, I was hospitalized. But during that time, uh, they, my family just found, they like went through my closet to see if I had like fucking guns or knives or some shit. I don't know what they were looking for. Um, cause they wanted me to come home into a safe environment cause they were fucking paranoid. They didn't want me to have access to anything that could potentially be any dangerous at all. So they had to like deep search my shit. Um, yeah, they probably found some things that I didn't want them to see that I don't even want to think about probably found condoms and shit in there but also a bunch of skirts and stuff and yeah basically that was like oh yeah and they basically asked me the question and I said yes and it took me a while to even like tell them how I wanted to be referred to but like within the next couple months I was out to my mother's family um my father found out a different way um he i had told him that i was going to be attending a party over the weekend because i normally would see him on the weekends and i, I told him like hey i have uh i'd like to attend a party this weekend so i'm not going to be able to come over just this one weekend and he was like okay and he was like you better behave or i'll beat the fucking shit out of you or whatever because he's a piece of fucking shit who earns his children's obedience by threatening them with violence. Um, and that sound, that probably sounds like a joke, but it wasn't. Maybe he was a little tongue-in-cheek about it, but he un- undoubtedly would beat the shit out of me if I quote-unquote misbehaved. And I essentially, I was feeling confident over the phone through text, and I was like, I was like, yeah, okay, buddy. You're, I was like, lay a fucking finger on me and you'll never see me again. It was the very first time I'd ever stood up to him uh, after being threatened with violence. And there was some argument or whatever. And I don't even remember how the fuck it happened, but my sister knew I was trans and she asked me for permission to tell my dad. And then she eventually did. And then he like, basically he was like, yeah, I never want to see you again. Um, I, and he's threatened to, kill himself pretty much threatened to kill himself or kill other people um allegedly uh i won't even talk about it but very scary shit he um basically told me he was a pathetic failure and that he completely failed at life he was worried that i think he's worried that he's gonna like go to hell and that um he he truly feels like uh he lost a son and i think he's fully convinced that i'm not his child that I am uh, like I think he's he's so delusional I mean he's a flat earther 
he's I could point out a million things. He's a flat earther. He doesn't think the Holocaust happened. He believes in ghosts to the extent where he <laughs> thinks that there are ghosts living <laughs> in his house. I mean, oh my he, thinks God. A, he thinks I'm a demon. He thinks I'm a demon that took his son. Um, if I went to his house, there is a probably less than 50%, but not much less than 50% chance that he would shoot me. He would kill me. And um, I don't know if this is... I don't know if this people people would be mad at me for saying this, but I do love my father. I still do. And you know, maybe it was just a little bit emotionally difficult for me to deal with that. Just maybe, you know, losing just a my father, little bit being disowned, yeah. I know a lot of leftists on Twitter. Like I see leftists on Twitter say things like, "Uh, if white people are on good terms with like even more than like 30% of their family, there's something seriously wrong. That's very problematic. It's like, you're, it's like, dude, dude, I, maybe you're fucking jealous. Maybe you're sad. I don't know what the fuck happened to your family, but family is something we naturally want to preserve. These familial bonds are things that aren't very easily broken. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very emotionally devastating to lose a parent to, to hate like that. And, I don't care how bad of a person he is. Um, well, I, I do care how bad of a person he is. I can confidently say that the world would be a better place without him. But I still love him. He's still my father. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that should be controversial for me to love my own father. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really ridiculous, too. I hate it whenever I hear someone say that. And they say it like, like black and Hispanic communities in particular aren't still like homophobia is st- and transphobia is still the default and i would never dream of telling it's all people yeah i would never dream of of telling someone that they need to cut off their family because they they don't believe in trans people or they think gay people are going to hell that's ridiculous yeah but yeah that horrible thing happened um i went to the i was hospitalized again then um yeah, honestly, my life got a lot worse from there. I had a great year, uh, and I lost my father, and by extension, my entire father's side of my family. Uh, my girlfriend left me, broke up with me, and started spreading lies and rumors about me that destroyed my reputation. And now I am actively suicidal once more, and I'm I'm on a fucking podcast, guys. I don't know what you expect. yeah i hate my life and uh you know i wish i could say that through all the muck there's you know it it ultimately led me to a happy ending but it didn't um i don't know if i'm gonna live another year um what i do know is that there's a chance that i will and that's it's just what i'm holding on to uh what i know is that i love my friends and there are people that care about me. And there are things I can do in the future. Yay. Make the calls. Get the girl pills. Get them. Do it. Yeah. I am I am the trans person that the conservatives are afraid about that are trying to turn people trans. I'm the one. <laughs> I'm the one um, putting out the 5G sissy hypno waves. And um, sending people free estrogen in the mail. 
that's that's what I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my story. Very sad ending mm-hmm. so far. But again, uh, there were very, very high highs and very low lows in the story. I think I'm just experiencing yet another low low, and I will. I think there are high highs <laughs> waiting for me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to pretend that this is inevitably the end. That this is the sad ending, and that this is what happens if you transition. It's just that, like, a lot of my life circumstances um, have been emotionally devastating over the past year in particular, and uh, it sucks. When I move, mm-hmm. uh, when I move out of this fucking shithole town, I think I'll have a lot of, a lot more opportunities to pursue happiness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my story. Do you want to tell yours? I think maybe we should have two separate episodes. Why? We haven't even been here that Be- long, have we? Where it's an hour and 17 minutes into recording. I Something tells me yours is going to be shorter than mine, though. Probably. Do you, but just, also, not wanna, you just don't want to do it? Not. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do okay. it next time. What a tease. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Okay. Um, do we want to talk about anything before we leave? Um, uh, well, I, I think that's something that, see, it doesn't really matter for me to say this because everyone listening already knows there aren't, I'm not going to pretend like there's going to be Christians, conservatives that are going to listen to this and be enlightened but um like demi you really were exhibiting lots of signs of gender dysphoria from a young age and if you had had the education if you knew that trans people existed i think and i i think that you probably would have been able to access like puberty blockers like that that's a very high chance if people were more educated and accepting and if you knew and that's depressing yeah, as fuck yeah it could have been saved that's depressing as fuck and it it honestly thinking about people who you know we already know the truth we already know trans people exist we already know how to improve their quality of life and yet we're going backwards in time in many states and that is inevitably going to cause suicides and it really it's just sickening to me the way that um trans people are being used as a i mean obviously for the past couple of years the republican party has just been digesting itself um and what they need is something to rally against and right now that is trans people um and i hate when people say like the democratic party needed needed a new civil rights issue to back to unite for and they chose trans people i think that's bullshit because that's not an easy that's not an easy fight to win that's you don't exactly go uh, look at transgender people when you have no knowledge of them and go oh yeah that's a winning horse right there i um, do actually think there's some truth to that though i 100 percent believe that um 
Democrats, they do need that fight. Um, and they, I think that they 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 rely on having like a civil rights thing to unite for, but I don't think that they just like picked names out of a hat and it happened to be trans people. I yeah, think no, one hundred percent. I think I that think trans uh, people was pe- very um, obviously the logical next step. Yes. Um, but also, um, I when I say that there's some truth to it, what I really want to emphasize is I feel that trans people were for a very long time neglected by liberals and Democrats. Yeah. Um, and only used, only uh, cared for when it was to the advantage of the party. That's what I really mean when I say that. Um, they const- Trans people were constantly pushed aside just as uh in like 2014 non-binary people were pushed aside they were like they you know they weren't ready to convince the world of the validity of non-binary people yet because they didn't feel like it so they were just like no 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 we're just talking about uh we're just talking about like uh men who were born with women's brains and need to transition otherwise they're hardwired to self-destruct you know what i mean it's always mm-hmm. slowly easing people into shit and i'm re- i'm just ready for total Full radicalization. I'm fucking tired of taking <laughs> yes. baby steps as uh-huh. far as like civil rights shit goes. Yeah. But yeah. I but the Republican Party needed something to unite against and they chose trans people. Um and I do truly believe that respectful discourse is the way to fix this issue because it the Republican Party relies completely on the ignorance of its consist- constituents. Um, it just relies on people's gut reactions. Like, they just look at trans people and go, that's weird, and I'm not sure that I like it. And then they they leverage that and just fear-monger as much as possible. I mean, it's not a secret that the Republican Party thrives on fear and hate. Um, But yeah, I think I think that this is a this is a regression. And I think that knowledge and education and real information. I think it's inevitable that it'll, it'll win out. It really, really, really sucks for people who are having to live in this. I mean, obviously things are better than they were 20 years ago, but it sucks that we weren't born a few decades later um, when things were better or going to be better, at at least until the world burns because of climate change. Um, But yeah, this whole conversation is depressing because I really wish I could like offer some words of encouragement for people like me, people who didn't get the puberty blockers, people who are like becoming adults who were kind of just fucked over for their entire childhoods. But like the sad reality is it's like things aren't looking great for us. Mm. They're just not. Eh. I think that we live in a very difficult time. Um, But I think it is, I think long term, I think things are looking good. Tentatively. I'm tentatively optimistic about it. Where can our listeners find you? They can find me on Twitter and YouTube and Tumblr. All Flonius Ferris. Um, yeah. Find me. I don't fucking care. 
Look up Demi Gloom. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel called Demi Gloom with uninteresting, boring content. And I also, I don't even want to encourage people to follow my Twitter because it's fucking terrible. I hate Twitter so much. Um, I don't know. Join this show's Discord server. Really engage yes. with this show. Fucking nobody's liking, nobody's liking and subscribing. You know, every episode gets like a hundred views, and we only have twenty six subscribers, and like three likes on every upload. We get I love more that, comments though. than likes. We get more comments than likes most of the time, though. Yeah, like, guys. Like people will comment how great it is, but not like the video. Like, come on, like try to help us out a little bit, man. Yeah. Like subscribe. We also have a voicemail line that I forget to plug. Yes, voicemails. We haven't done voicemail in a long time. Let me pull it up. The first time I read it, I accidentally just read my friend's phone number. <laughs> I had to cut it out. It was really bad. Uh, it's 608-218-4398. Please leave a voicemail and comment on the show. Uh, rate us. Rate us on Spotify and Apple mm-hmm. Podcasts. Give us a rating. Uh, rate it five stars. Yes. But yeah, that's... That's all we have for today, unfortunately, because Felonius Ferris is too tired or too yeah. doesn't care enough to want to tell their story because they're a fucking loser. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it. Goodbye.